as promised, here is part two of the Sue Inquest two-part episode. You guys already told me how much you loved last week's episode, and I cannot wait to share with you the gems that are going to be found in this one. Now, in part two, we are going to talk about where softball is going and how we can make this the biggest sport of all time. We have a ways to go. We need an entire world to be a fan of softball, and there are ways we can help it grow. We also talk about the power of a mentor and being able to watch softball is something that should be in our DNA because we can learn so much from the ones who came before us. So without further ado, here is part two of the two-part episode with Coach Sue Inquist. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley B Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just going to dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner, so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive. And that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep. And I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here. And I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook and let's head to the next episode. Okay, so basically throughout my entire playing career, this is personal again, but I think a lot of people can relate. I did not have a whole lot of opportunities where I was on the bench more than not. And that, was, that wasn't because I was all, I mean, in basketball, I feel like I, I sat the bench a little bit more because I wasn't as skilled as it in, in softball. But what hurt me when I got to professional softball, where everybody is freaking good, I was sitting the bench more than not. And I'm going to be completely honest. I struggled hard with that. I struggled <laughs> hard with that because I, I had never been in that environment. Now, the only things I could control were, again, attitude and effort. I'm coming to every single practice early. I'm staying late. I'm focusing on you know developing my craft, being a great teammate, doing whatever it is that this team needs to win. But internally, it was so, so hard for me to own that because I had never been experienced in that role. So would you advise that 
parent, I mean, I, I always talk about how parents should have athletes play multiple sports because you're going to have a different role in different sports. And, you know, obviously muscle groups, you study kinesiology, just like me, it's important to expose your athlete to different elements and different sports. But from a, from a, I guess, psychological level, if you are not exposed to being on the bench at a young age, could it, I mean, I'm, I'm saying and testifying that I, that it, was not good for me. Would you advise parents to have their athletes play on a team where they're not always playing and maybe aren't the best on the team so that they they can work to become the best or own that role? It's a little bit of a loaded question because it is <laughs> right there. It depends on what your goals are as a family, where the kid is developmentally, how important it is for you to extend your career. So I it's not a black and white. I'm usually pretty good at black and white answers, right? But in this case, it's too loaded of a question. But this is what the sport needs to do. Every youth coach or parent coach, we need to identify the values of being a great teammate, being a great dugout. Like for us, if our dugout was crappy, we never won. And so mm. we, we would honor what people are doing in the dugout. We would honor all the things that they do. And when they, so I would be critical of the bench of things they didn't do, just like I'd be critical of the shortstop. So indirectly, almost through osmosis, they come out of the program knowing that that's an important role. I think what's more important is as they start to develop in their sport and they get more of an ego and then they make that jump that they're now in the dugout that's where I think we should practice it. So when they start to get in high school, I think everybody should be on create skills and activities where the bench gets to talk about what it feels like when they're not valued, what it feels like having to let go of the control that they don't have control over who picks, who plays second base. So there's this drip, drip, drip. Then for somebody like you that's starting all the time, you're like, God, I never thought about that shoes. I got to, if I ever get in that situation, I have to remember all of these things, right? Because right now we don't even talk about it. We don't even set up our practice plans to formalize what the, the high standards are for being a great bench. We should look at the bench like we look at the, like the bullpen. It should be a strategy that has objectives around it. It should be assessed every day, just like every other part of the game is. So everybody knows this really matters. And then we've got to give the young student athlete the standards around how to compete as a wingman. I call it a wingman or the first follower. The first follower, the wingman is the backup shortstop. Your job is to make the starting shortstop's job miserable Monday through Friday. Has nothing to do with the coach. Stop getting mad at the coach. The coach is, he's doing the chess. Your job is to make that shortstop really prepared for Saturday. We all opted to play a team sport. If you don't like that equation, go be a cross country runner. And so we, we, I call it the game of measurement. When a high school athlete that goes to college and they struggle moving from second base to right field or from right field to the bench, they're in the game of measurement. That my value is measured on whether I have my name in the above the line or below the line. 
And so once you realize the value of below the line, your transition to the dugout is going to be easier. So we've got to do that the minute they get into youth softball. We've got people to understand that you aren't the rejects in the dugout. You're our specialists right now. Mm. We're going we're gonna to pick a pinch hitter. We're going to pick a, a pinch runner. We're going to pick a drop ball pitcher. So once we build that culture around how important the dugout is and really live it, and, and remember, it's, it's such a controversy and it's such a talking out of both sides of our mouth as a sport. We love to say everybody matters. I always tell coaches, you're going to tell me about what matters when I see your practice plan. So if you're not spending any time on one pitch gamer on the main where you have one pitch to win a game and you're not putting the pinch hitters up there to practice and stop practice and work on that, then it doesn't matter to you because we only value what we measure and we only measure what we value. Mm. So I love that you brought up practice because I know I heard this in a podcast interview you were on, but about how important it is practicing failure recovery. Yes. And and that was in your practice every single day, right? Yes, it was huge. And, you know, it wasn't like we put a big sign up like, oh, you're going to be a big fat loser and you're going to go to this position. But <laughs> everybody knew, oh, we're doing bucket throws. Everybody knew this is going to suck the life out of them. And they knew the objective at that station wasn't to get 10 out of 10. You strive for that. But the objective was to be uber perfect. And I very rarely use the word perfect. But you can control 100% of your effort and your attitude. You can be perfect at that. And so you're going to learn to fail and recover. And we literally went through prompts. Two pats to the chest. My bad. So I want to teach everybody, you can in public own a mistake. Give the outs that says, I'm now coming back. I'm aware of the outs. Point to a teammate. Eye contact. I'm back. That takes about 2.25 seconds. My bad, two outs, eye contact. And so what that did is we talked about standing tall, chin up, shoulders back, sternum up. Almost like, yep, my bad, two outs, next pitch. Almost like, yeah, that happens as part of the game, doesn't define me. No one play is going to make or break a season. People are like, that's not true, Sue. There's always the last play of the season. I say, if you want to think that way, it's flawed thinking. And I'm just going to ask you to trust me that what put you in the position to have that happen is what you need to look at. Not the last straw, but look at all the hay in the barn. Did you do it right? And so for us, failure recovery was huge. It was huge. This idea of owning, being accountable to your mistakes. When a person, a leader, an employee can own their mistake and move on and not get stuck in their junk. Once again, can we come back to the parents? Parents, when she falls, when she's not playing, when she makes an error, please stop making excuses for them. Let them fail. Let them bounce back. Let them find their own failure recovery, their own idiosyncrasies to get back to where they need to be. When you teach your child that, they're going to be extremely successful. Yeah. And I think of, you know, obviously softball's on TV and we'll get to that here in a minute. But when I was growing up, 
The only softball on TV was the Women's College World Series and then the Olympics. And now there's just so much softball on TV. And so, but when I was growing up, I would probably watch Cubs games more than anything because they were always on. But one thing that I picked up at an early age was that in between pitches, batters would, some batters, not all, would unleash their batting glove, look around, put it back, and then get back into the box. It was like their form of a reset. So it sounds like you're just encouraging everyone to find their reset between every single pitch, uh, every single play, so that they can get back to the field and do and be ready for the next ball. Absolutely. And, and when you think about the failure recovery system, that, that, that reset, right? That's basically what I'm saying. As simple as it sounds, it's not, it has to be a learned behavior. Very few student athletes can do it without getting stuck going, oh my gosh, I just let down everybody. Don't be so big with your ego that everybody (laughs) is just so reliant on you being successful. That's another thing, right? Um, Is be be humble in knowing that this is a hard game and parents can do a great job of teaching their children to be humble by the fact that we pick a diamond sport that is one of the most difficult technically. And if we place that the execution at a high level where we know we're very rarely going to be up there consistently. I mean, how many times have you ever gone back to back three for three games? It happens rarely, right? One of my favorite, one of my favorite stories talking about standards is Lisa Fernandez who played for us and ended up being my assistant. And we'd have kids that would come in, maybe some of them not real hard workers. Would they come early, stay late? Not really. And on game day, they would get extremely upset when they didn't play well. And I can remember Lisa Fernandez always saying, you know what? You don't work hard enough Monday through <laughs> Friday to be that upset. Like she literally would say to them, you don't work hard enough Monday through Friday to be upset. Now, if Amanda gets upset, I can understand that because she comes early, stays late Monday through Friday. I can kind of understand why she gets so mad at herself. You, you're the first one that has your eye on the clock. So don't be so upset because you haven't given up that much to be in this place. I can remember those conversations like just <laughs> inside. I'm like, oh no, she did not go there. But I, that right. high standard and that honesty um, between you know Lisa Fernandez and Kelly Inouye and Gina Vecchioni, you know, these are all people that were that made it to the top, not by being the biggest physical specimens, right? Like look at all of them, look at all of their history. None of them were touted as the number one player in the country. Lisa Fernandez, if anybody ever stood next to Lisa Fernandez, she's like five, 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 six. She's small in stature. If you ever put your hands up against Lisa Fernandez's hands, because we know pitchers, ooh, yeah, big hands, big wrist snap, all that kind of crap. Lisa Fernandez has, I always call them baby hands. She has got the tiniest hands. And Lisa Fernandez isn't that tall. But what Lisa Fernandez has is an attitude that is relentless around getting a little bit better every day. And this idea that I am going to work harder than anybody in this position in the history of the game. And when you have a parent that creates the conditions to celebrate effort and attitude, that kid develops that relationship 
that I can do that. I have control over that and I can make my parents proud by being that. And that, that was the Lisa Fernandez story. A lot of people don't talk about Gina Vecchioni. You know, Gina Vecchioni was an assistant at UCLA and her career, she was a slow pitch player and ended up being like a 10-time All-American in summer ball and a national champion at UCLA and a world champion. Same type of upbringing, didn't, didn't have all the bells and whistles, wasn't touted to be the next coming. And yet through this grit and this resilience, Kelly Inouye, same thing. Kelly now, obviously, Kelly and Lisa both played on big programs, but I want parents to not think you have to get in this race that I've got to, I've got to get all the testing for standards when she's 10 and we've got to, we've got to get ahead. And when I ask parents, you've got to get ahead of what, what race are you in? Just tell me what race, well, to get a scholarship, but where are you going to be first that it's going to allow you to get the scholarship? It doesn't work that way. And so you need to work on all the things you can control and then have what I call a smart path to college and not sit back trying to think you've got to be on the best team to be exposed. And that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast, but <laughs> it would be an important conversation to have parents switch their philosophy around path to college. Cause right now path to college, parents are taught the path to college, the, the, the fastest path, like this is not a race people. Everyone is going to need to be in a six-year experience if you're in seventh grade. You can't race to college your sophomore year in high school. It's not going to work. And so if, you, if we say, okay, you have until your junior year, okay, perfect. Set up a plan that is going to fit your family. Stop saying, I've got to go play for this team to get this exposure. It doesn't work that way. I'm going to tell you what college coaches can't tell you. When these college coaches go to these big tournaments, they already have their list. So when Deanna Gump from Notre Dame is going to the Colorado tournament, she's not like, oh, hey, I've got an empty binder. I'm going to head on over to Colorado for 10 days and see what falls in my lap. It doesn't work that way. She has spent months with her assistants, months and months evaluating talent locally and regionally and nationally through all their silos of information. They form a list, they prioritize the list, and then they go to their games. And I tell parents all the time, do the math. There's over 30,000 families in Colorado for 10, 10 days. I'm gonna say it one more time for the people in the back. Over 30,000 families, 10 days. Do you think you're gonna get exposed if you get exposed by Deanna Gump at Notre Dame, that's called the lottery. So what they do is they go and assess what they need based on the year that they're looking for and the position. And so we need to do a better job of that, telling parents, oh, I get it. Sue is saying, I need to understand there are 1,400 colleges, 300 are D1, over 80% of the scholarship opportunities are in D2 and below through financial aid and athletic scholarship. I need to be smart, be strategic about the path. Don't be a dune buggy racing through the sand dunes with one gear. Be a Formula One car that has five, six, seven dials that you're looking at for proper fit. Not just softball, academics, size of the campus, where the campus is located. All the things you need to learn and 
softball, our softball society doesn't have a vetted and verified recruiting company that you can trust because they're all in it to make money, which is kind of sad. And so, you know, there are people, if you're a parent and, and Kathy Arati, I always mention Kathy Arati. She's an individual entrepreneur, A-R-A-D-I. She has a book called Competing at the Highest Level in Collegiate Softball, something like that. But just type in Arati Softball Recruiting. Just buy that book for $30. That will give you so many answers. I don't work for Kathy. I don't have any deals with Kathy. I'm not an influencer for Kathy. But I think for parents, there's so many parents out there that don't have the money. And if you want to go ahead and try and use a free service, use Next Collegiate Sport Athlete, NCSA. Just use their free service. If you want to go ahead and let them do all the work, pay them. But they have, they're so big, they give away so much for free. So get your digital foundation set, meaning find out what 50 schools fit your daughter that you can hopefully pare down to 10. And out of those 10, hopefully three offer some sort of aid. But be organized. It's the parent's job. It's not the, it's not the travel ball. Which is I think we figured out our next podcast episode. Oh, it's going to be all of that. Hey, podcast listeners, just checking in to ask you if you knew that ABT had our own online store. We just launched it a couple weeks ago and man, oh man, has it been fun fulfilling orders. Some people have been buying bracelets with empowering messages on them. Our new comfy long sleeve tee that says on the back, you're not like everyone else and we're not here to fit a mold and so many other things from hats to other tees and scrunchies and things that'll just help you feel empowered when you wear them. So if you're interested in wearing some of our swag, go to the show notes and click on the link to go check out our online store. I'm so excited to fill your next order. You know, not to tell you how to run your business, but <laughs> Ashley, as a former student athlete, you have a really important voice because you have walked the walk and you've done it more recently than somebody like myself. You know, I'm 63 years old. You, we need more women professionals in business of softball that can help navigate an objective and vetted and ver- And I say vetted and verified, meaning the parent doesn't know how to figure out, do I go to this exposure camp? Do I go to this combine? Who do I trust in the space? Like, if you're going to go down that combine world and you don't know who the Allisters are, Derek and Joanne Allister, I believe in them. These are two retired high school teachers that have been in the industry for, gosh, over 20 years they've been in the industry. Go follow them. Um, they are a trusted source when it comes to, is my daughter good enough? It's just no one out there is sharing who the vetted and verified people are because everybody's in the business of it, right? For me, I'm retired. I don't need anybody's money. I don't work for anybody. One Softball is a passion project. I wanted One Softball to just close the gap for parents. Everything on the website's free. You're not going to get banner ads. You're not going to get enticed to do anything. It's just, we have 1,100 two-minute videos for parents and players and coaches. And I'm proud to say our One Softball community is the best of the best in terms of sustaining the space and also having success on and off the field. Yeah. And I can attest to that. So you don't know this, but when I was growing up and playing the sport and trying to get good at it, right? I was, my dad and I would spend thousands of hours on YouTube growing up, 
just trying to figure out how to be a better hitter. Uh, I remember in eighth grade, we didn't have a pitcher and I said, I don't want to lose. So give me the ball. I'll figure it out. And I, so I would, we would spend so much time watching pitching videos, but you had a ton of instructional videos on YouTube from when you were a coach at UCLA. And I remember watching those videos with my dad. And so it's so amazing that that was, that was my, you know, view of you as you were coaching, you know, as I was growing up. And now you're back to sending, you know, giving parents and athletes just instructional videos on just how to be better. And like, like you said, thousands of two minute clips. If people aren't binge watching those, I don't think they're doing enough. So straight up your, your company won softball. I know you just dabbled into it a little bit, but I would like for you to just share the mission behind it. Uh, because I just, I just love that you know, and I have parents that tell me, oh, we have to spend all this money on a swing tracker system and, you know, a sports psychologist and a hitting coach and all these other things when there is so much free stuff on the internet that it's just absolutely insane. So can you just share just a quick insight on just why you built this brand and how people can just find you with it? Yeah, it's onesoftball.com. It's spelled one is spelled out O-N-E softball.com. And the purpose for it was when I retired, um, this was the reason I retired. I said, I'm getting more curious about how I can help close the gap between collegiate softball and youth softball. Too big of a gap. It shouldn't be that big. Parents shouldn't be that confused. And I thought, what happens if somebody like me that doesn't know anything about park and rec, doesn't know anything about youth softball, because we were at a position at UCLA where we, were, we would deal with a very, very, very small group of travel ball coaches. And what if I brought the best of the best to everybody else for free? I was really, really interested in making sure that it was free, but the quality to be really high. Mm -hmm. So when I retired, um, the first three years, I realized I didn't know anything about the general public of youth softball. So I traversed the country doing speeches and keynotes, and I started doing live polling, and we garnered over 30,000 responses because if I was going to build a community, I wanted to be able to say I asked the community first. Nothing more annoying than having some random college coach come down and go, oh, I'm going to help the youth softball community. And so we asked the community what they needed. And it was pared down into these three demographics that have these greatest needs. The parent was saying, I am completely disorganized. I don't know who to trust. I don't know the order in which to go through things. I need help organizing. The youth coach, remember, that's just the mom or dad that volunteered. They're saying, I don't have the education. I actually don't know how to set up practices. I don't have the technical. I don't know what's true or not true on the internet. And unfortunately, the student athlete said, it's not fun anymore. And I need a big sister. I need a mentor. And so I said, that's how we're going to build the company is we're going to inspire the student athlete. We're going to help educate the parent on finding vetted and verified information. And we're going to educate the coach and help them find good resources. So then what I did on the company side, and the, the fascinating thing is we have over 400 people helping one softball. These are volunteer subject matter experts, volunteer college coaches, volunteer youth coaches, volunteer parents, and volunteer students. And everybody's doing it for free. And what we've done is we're not telling you who to go 
and get your hitting instruction from. We're saying here are the questions to ask before you hire a new hitting instructor. So what we want to be is a gatekeeper. We want to be the holder of the good stuff. We want to be able to say, not where you should go to school, but here are the questions you should ask when you're looking at a school. So we want to just be that trusted voice for those three demographics. Man, that is so amazing. And again, I shared with you before this, we share such similar passions for youth athletes and parents just to have what they need to be able to help their athletes thrive. And there is no better place to go than, than one softball. So how do they find you? Is it just onesoftball.com? Yes, it's onesoftball.com. Just go to the content and you'll go into this beautiful repository of, of great content. And just know that people that are in that were selected based on two things, their integrity and sustainability in the space and their success. So you may find people in there like, well, they're, they're not a national championship. I'm not actually, there are hundreds of people that are amazing subject matter experts that have never won a title. So let's not set our standard around winning a title. Let's set our standard around people that are operating accurately and with integrity. If they have a medal, great. And then we have a beautiful library for our Olympians because it was really important for me to get their voice out there and memorialize them because I'm not sure we're ever going to be able to get the celebrity level that we had in 96, 2000, 2004, 2008. That was a really special time. Now we're in the fight for those parents that don't know. Softball goes in, then it goes out, then it goes in, then it goes out. So it's very difficult for us to establish the celebrity, which we should have celebrity softball players. Everybody in the country should know who Aubrey Monroe is. They should know. She was the first one I thought of too. Right? (laughs) Everybody should know her and and live her her mantras. And so one softball is going to be doing some projects this coming year to try and highlight the people that are doing great work and let the parents know, okay, softball's got my back. One softball, because we're, we're not in anybody, we're, we're not selling out, right? So we partner with PGF, we partner with Utrip, we're partners with Triple Crown, we share all the content with those, we're partners with Little League, Babe Ruth, USA Softball. So we've got, you know, we're hopefully going to get in a partnership with the Alliance, the new, new group of, of people that are trying to answer the call to make travel ball even better. So we operate in Switzerland. We like being Switzerland because our goal is to commit and be committed to the sport family, not any one business. Yeah. Yeah. So just real briefly before we we close off here, the evolution of softball has been very interesting, you know, with it being in the Olympics and now not, uh, or it was not, and now it will be this upcoming year. Where do you see it going? Like just you, Sue Inquist, where do you see softball and its professionalism? I know we have the Athletes Unlimited League now, which has been super fun to watch. At least hopefully that is starting the evolution of, you know, celebrities in softball and seeing some of the best do their thing. But where do you see it headed? Let me go to just a micro level and then finish macro. First of all, to the mom and dad out there, we need you to start following our softball celebrities. We need you to follow our organizations because we now know that the digital economy is an important conversation when it comes to sponsors. So if you have a daughter, maybe she's not watching Athletes Unlimited yet, but you need to watch it. You need to learn about the sport. Athletes Unlimited is really exciting. It's a new pro league. The gentlemen that are behind it are unbelievable. They're in it, hopefully for the long haul. From an Olympic level, people don't understand how you get in and out of the Olympics, so we won't get into that. But the bottom line is 
the reason softball goes in and out, if you can open up your vision globally, softball's not that popular. So that's what we have to remember when it comes to Europe, the Far East, the Middle East, I mean, there a lot of the influential comp- uh, countries don't do softball. So when it comes to voting, we don't have the numbers we should. So softball went out in in 16 and 12, and it's going out again in 24. So if you get into the excitement of 2021, when we have the Olympics, we will not be in 24. It's already out. But don't hold your breath because it is going to come back. It will. You don't have to hold your breath because we feel really confident that in 2028, LA is hosting that we will come back in because the host site is able to add sports and we know that diamond sports will be added. We're, we're really pretty confident of that. So it yeah. can be a little bit of a rocky road, but at the end of the day, what shows up every year is collegiate softball. And if you're a mom or dad, mm-hmm. I am going to implore you to follow your favorite college. Go to your local community college or your local college and remember d1 d2 d3 naia don't get caught up in the numbers because there are great coaches and student athletes at all of these schools so it starts start them early get them connected Mm -hmm. to this community if you've got a camp in your neighborhood take your kid to a camp where they're going to learn from a current student athlete there's nothing more powerful for your daughter than to learn from a 19-year-old that is a freshman at Notre Dame. There's nothing more powerful than that. So if you have that opportunity, make that a priority because you're going to see that's the best way to keep your child, keep her values in check, keep her goals in mind, and be able to manage failure recovery the way you know she can. Yeah. And I did an episode earlier in the podcast about my role model, and it was Caitlin Lowe growing up. Dad and I would watch her to a T. Like when she would steal a bag, we would, TiVo was a thing then, we would pull it back, just like watch, when is she leaving? Ooh, I can try to do that, you know, at my next practice. She's diving into walls. She goes all out all the time. She's so smart. When she makes a mistake, she owns it. Like these are all things that I was able to see from Caitlin Lowe growing up that helped me want to be in those shoes one day. Well, I, so I'm telling you, let me, let me give you some backstory on Caitlin Lowe, not to go sideways, but <laughs> as good as she was on the field, the integrity of that woman and her family and her mom and her dad, her family, phenomenal. She's an Orange County kid. And, um, you know, unfortunately she ended up going to another school and boy, <laughs> boy, did we pay the price for that. But she is somebody that is, once again, Another softball celebrity whose name everybody should know, Caitlin Lowe, assistant coach at University of Arizona. And actually, we're going to, I see, I see here, you know, just so the listener knows, I can see Ashley's room. She's got these major, she's got a goal wall behind her. You need to put <laughs> Caitlin Lowe on that. That's a voice you need to have on this podcast because she's an important influencer, extremely knowledgeable. Um, you'd love having her. So anything I can do to connect you to, because that's a great story. We'll put her on your your crosshairs. So not to just throw her under the bus, but I did reach out to her and I have not heard back. So you can totally, (laughs) she's a mom. I totally get it. But yeah, I would love that connection. I would absolutely love it. That would be amazing. Well, it's out in the universe now. So she knows that uh, Ashley and Sue Ann Quist are coming after. Yeah, there we are. There you are. All for good reason. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, well- before I ask you the final questions, which will be just five questions, simple simple answers, just as fast and whatever comes to mind first will be your response. I just want to let everybody know that 
this, if you do not know who Sue Inquist is, where have you been in your life? Please, please, please go. She's one of the role models that, you know, athletes like me who is 27 and still aspiring to be better. She's one of the people that I look up to as well. So please go to One Softball, please follow them um, and just watch all of these amazing videos and clips of how you can help your daughter become better. It is seriously one of the best resources you guys can have out there. And it'll definitely give you clarity on what is the next step you should be taking to help your daughter succeed. So are you ready for the final five to thrive questions? I am. I just want to say in closing to the parents, I never heard a student athlete say I couldn't stand my parents because they believed in me too much. Yeah. So if you could all remember what am I doing every day to remind them that I believe in them in their process, not just I believe in them that they're going to win the trophy. Just always remember that the character drives the process and the process drives the results. So it's easy to remember CPR. Mm, so good. Again, I'm going to have to have you on because there's just so many more things I want you to, <laughs> to speak on. But oh, this has been so much fun. All right. First question. You ready? I'm ready. What was your favorite thing about being a coach at UCLA? Representing the greatest public institution in the history of academia. Love it. And he met John Wooden, man. I still can't get over the fact. I know. I'll have to talk to you after this about how amazing he is, but it's just so awesome. Who was your greatest mentor and why? My greatest mentor was outside my family. Okay. So my family is by far my greatest mentor, my brother, my Mm -hmm. my mom, and my dad, but outside by far was coach John Wooden because he taught Mm -hmm. me how to be a servant to the game and to never get too high, never get too low. The second one was Sharon Backus. She's the one that built the blueprint of UCLA. She's the one that taught all of us that our own standards will always be the highest standard. Never to get caught looking at the shirts in the other dugout. And each and every day, win, lose, or draw, who we are will always be bigger than what we do. Mm, I love that. I love that. What is your favorite sports movie or sports quote that you've heard an athlete say? Uh, I don't have a favorite sports movie, but I do have a favorite surfing movie, Five Summer Stories. (laughs) And this is going in the archives if anybody wants to watch a great vintage movie, Five Summer Stories. Man, did that stain my brain. Really? I've never heard of it, but now I got to look it up. Yeah, because remember, it's a cult. Surfing's a cult. We're a niche sport. Very few know very, very, very little about it. Mm -hmm. I love that. What is one thing that parents can take away that can help them show up better for their athlete right now, like today? As soon as this is over, they can take initiative on it. To do what I call the five-second check-in before they go to a practice or a game, to remind yourself this is about them. What do I need to create the conditions for her to love the anticipation to game day or love the anticipation to practice and make it hers and not about me? The second thing as a parent, is just remember there's a lots of crazy in crazy town and do be your best self and not try to get caught up in the noise to the left or the right of you. And if you can't, then just go sit in right field because it's always quiet in the outfield. Mm, good, good one. All right, last question. How do you want to be remembered, Sue Inquist? I want to be remembered as somebody that knew that she was just an ordinary girl and that she just was chasing excellence all the way up until the end. Mm, 
Well, you're doing a phenomenal job doing it now. <laughs> it's been an honor having you on this podcast. I am already eager to talk about recruiting now with you because I know there's just so much you want to get out there and I will do everything I can to help make that happen as well. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with us today. Oh, thank you. Congrats to you on your career and continue this great work. You have an important voice. Mm, thank you so, so much. Y'all, if you love this convo with Coach Sue Inquest as much as I did, I need your help. I need you to share this episode with other people that you know in your softball drive. Here's the reason. If we can get more people like Sue on this podcast, we can grow to become one of the top sports podcasts out there. And I can't do it without your help. I need you to talk about it. I need you to share this with your friends. I need you to write a review and honestly, give me your feedback. If you loved a certain part of the episode or you want to hear more about something, go inside the ABT community on Facebook. That's where we can hang out and talk about the podcast episodes and I can create more interviews and conversations just like this one if you do it. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I'm excited for you guys to see who's going to be on the pod next week. But until then, I'll have to see you a little bit later. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll talk soon.